You are now to 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 tune in. Adweek Radio. Adweek Radio. Radio. Okay, hi everyone. Good afternoon. Um, here with me, I have an interview with Mr. Koladi Dada. Mr. Koladi Dada is the managing director of Sidco Nigeria, a joint venture seed company between Sidco West Africa Limited and Saro Agrosciences Nigeria Limited. Prior to that, he had spent well over a decade between Saro Agrosciences and Saro Life Care Limited in the capacity of head of business, head of sales, brand manager, and head of marketing. A graduate of agronomy and pedology from the University of Ilorin, Kwara State, Nigeria, he is also an alumnus of Lagos Business School. Joining me virtually all the way from Kaduna, please join me to welcome Mr. Koladi Dada on Top Talk on Agric Radio. Thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Koladi. I really appreciate your time. Welcome. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so tell me, uh, how long has Sitco been around in Nigeria for? Sitco has been in Nigeria for the past uh, eight years. Eight years? Eight, wow. eight years. But Sitco as a company has been operating for more than 80 years. Did you just say 80 years? Eight zero years? Eight zero years. This year we are trying to the first year of operation. This year will be the 81st year of operation. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's big. But what about here in Nigeria? Nigeria, we are like 80 years. 80 years in Nigeria. Oh wow, that's that's huge. How well has it been? How well has it been to tackle input from in the form of seeds for farmers who have restricted access to it? Okay, the seed business is uh, is, is an interesting one. Farmers and I think um, awareness has always been an issue about the role that uh, health policy plays in getting the right yield. Okay, so it's out of till now. Most farmers use uh, what we call pharmacy seed or the OPV, the opening open varieties, which uh, really does not have so much differential in terms of offering, in terms of yield compared to pharmacy seeds. So, if a farmer comes and uh, he has an hybrid on the shelf to be sold to him, so the first thing he checks is the price. So, why should I pay so much for this when I can use my plants? Where can I use my own safe seed? And uh, that awareness level you know, has always been a big problem in the sense that pharmacy papers hold for the, for the new variety of their safe seed. Okay, but in the last two or three years, we've seen that awareness has grown up. Mm-hmm. We're just like the normal adoption curve, where you see uh, the doctors, the earlier doctors, the medical doctors, the lagers, and the rest. So we see some people that have used uh, hybrid seed in the last two years, and it has given them a superior yield compared to what uh, an OPV or a pharmaceutical seed can give. And these are converts, and the word of the money, through the use of the word of the Supported by media, supported by also a lot of demonstration, we've seen the awareness level growing. Okay. Right. Okay. 
It's a good thing you actually mentioned hybrid seed because I was going to ask that one thing your business is known for is um, boosting harvest for farmers, harvest for farmers, their distribution and production of seed hybrids, right? To anyone who is a novice who is listening to us right now and probably don't know what exactly is seed hybrid, what exactly is seed hybridization? Okay, so I talk about seed hybridization. Uh, I will separate hybrid and hybridization. Hybridization is uh, more or less like the adoption of hybrid seed. So that's for hybrid point of view, is uh, is uh, an offspring of two different parents, and uh, the parents have some desired characteristics or traits. Through uh, selection uh, over a number of years to get an offspring that carries the desired trait. So, for example, you can have two parents. The first parent will be a male with, uh, that has a tolerance to diseases, the particular diseases that is common in the particular territory, but low in yield. Then you have another, another parent which is uh, low in tolerance but high in yield. So the hybrid, which is the offspring of these two parents, combines these two traits. The, uh, the high-yielding traits and also the, uh, the disease tolerance. Okay. So that uh, the farmers can get the yield and also have the disease tolerance. Okay. So in most cases, the hybrid yeah, outperforms the parent. What we call the hybrid technically they call it uh, heterosis, so I think basically that. So what hybridization now is, is about the adoption, the adoption of hybrid seed, Okay, so does it hold any similarities with gen genetically modified organisms, that's GMOs? Um, it's different, because when it comes to GMO, yeah. you are actually at the gene selection as it were artificially. Okay. But for hybrid is like an accelerated uh, natural selection process. It's controlled, it's accelerated, but it's still natural selection process. So if you want to go into the world of GMO, GMO has gone. So you can actually introduce a, a trait that is a, that is a extra that, 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 that does not belong to, to, to the parent as it were. Actually, introduce it to the gene of uh, of, uh, of, 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 of the variety you're looking at. So it's, it's totally different from GMO. So hybrid is like what I call accelerated natural selection process. So what would have taken like 10 years, maybe because we are doing it in a controlled environment, maybe it's taking two years. I see. Okay. Okay, so let me ask. Um, only late last year, sometime around December 2020, um, the National Varieties Released Committee (NVRC) introduced 18 high-yielding crop varieties targeted at boosting production levels of Nigerian farmers and enlarging the country's agricultural productivity. However, um, for um, Sitko, um, I don't know. You can you can correct me if I'm wrong. You play majorly with three of these high yielding crop um, varieties which is um maize rice and soya is there no reason why so, right correct perhaps i'm correct okay so is there no reason why you're restricted to just three okay so um 
Okay, so our strategy for Nigeria is very clear. Okay. So the idea is to have a portfolio that resonates with the key focus crop in Nigeria. Okay, but uh, we are also very strategic in the sense that we do not want to offer a product that has no compelling difference to what the farmer is targeting. So, so in our pipeline today, we have several products. We have um, more maize coming rice, hybrid rice coming, we have uh, sorghum, we have uh, wheat in our pipeline today, and there's also vegetables. So there's a clear pipeline, but it must follow a clear process. And uh, ideally, based on Nigeria's standard, standard, you need to, apart from being out trial feed adaptation, you need like three to five days to be able to bring in a product from uh, trials to point of commercialization. So I can assure you in the next two, three years, we have more products, right. more crops, more hybrid crops to, to delight our customers. Fascinating. That's really impressive. Okay. Um, so let's, for a minute, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about Sidco as an international company, right? Beyond, uh, beyond the borders, beyond Sidco Nigeria. Nigeria is probably the next big um, playground, right? Uh, that the holding group is targeting to explore. Right, to make it as big as what it has in um, Zimbabwe, where it's um, where it's where it's a big player over there. What do you think are the key milestones that it will be looking to conquer, considering the vast opportunities, the prospects, and the potential compared to its already established front in Zimbabwe? Yeah, so really, from, from a strategy level, Nigeria is seen as, as our next biggest uh, front, and the reason is not far fetched. Because uh, the seed gap in Nigeria in terms of hybrid seed gap is actually very high. In maize, it's as high as 95% in maize, according to the uh, roadmap to seed security that was submitted to the Federal Minister of Agriculture last year. It was clear that the opportunity just really exists. And the key thing is, is to be able to crack this opportunity. Okay, like based on issues of elevation, issues surrounding low adoption rates, sensitization, access to repute, and several other areas of factors. Okay. Now, but for us, we, we believe strongly looking at learnings we've taken from different geographies, which is quite a privilege in Nigeria, but we should be able to, to crack that. But, uh, you know, we also believe strongly that uh, the right policy can also work very well. So in Nigeria today, there is no protection of intellectual property as we look at seed. And I think uh, NAS has worked uh, seriously in the last uh, 12 to 14 months to ensure that that deal you know, crosses the first reading and second reading. And uh, we believe strongly that at the moment this deal is approved, it will also increase confidence of, uh, of evil breeders, local breeders in Nigeria to, 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 to be able to 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 provide quality hybrid across different crop structures. Okay, so I think policy is important one in driving that clearly. And uh, number two, we've also seen in this intervention of the CBN, highly commendable. Okay. Okay. I think yeah it's, um that's kind of answers it. I yeah. Okay. Okay, so when it comes to distribution of inputs to um, smallholder farmers, what are the schemes that the government take to ensure that it's prudently distributed? 
Uh, or do you have any challenges that you encounter during this process? During this what? During the distribution, distribution of inputs to smallholder farmers. Oh, oh yes, yes. So because. Um, okay. Do you mind um sharing some of the challenges you probably face? Yeah. So uh, the first problem, if I understand your question clearly, challenges we had in uh, distributing seeds to small scale farmers. Yes. The 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 approach CBN used helped to a large extent, which is working through and co-borrowers, financiers, and associations. Okay, so this ensures that there is a level of fabrication. Fabrication okay. is, is done so that uh, that becomes the arrow of distribution. Fantastic idea. But uh, a key challenge that we had is how seats are treated or handled by this association. Because seed, for example, is a living thing. And uh, Storage condition is important. If not well handled, it's still delivered on the promise to the farmers. So the value chain, the storage, the handling value chain is something we need to look at again to ensure that when this gets to the final user, which is the small scale farmer, is still uh, having his viability intact. Okay, so I think that's that's one of the biggest challenges actually encountered. Because if no work done, at the end of the day, the farmer is using the best seed or having a seed to a very good generation, return generation figure, which will still not deliver on, its, on the promise the seed company has promised. All right. Hmm. You think there's any, any way around this? Yeah, there is. So the first is sensitization. People must become aware that seeds are living things. Okay. okay, and that means they have to be handled correctly. So the sensitization one, the awareness, then followed by the right protocol of handling. So as we've seen situations whereby seeds are stored alongside with agrochemicals for a very long time. So the implication is that agrochemicals, like you all know, are and most mostly are anti-sprouting agents. Yep. So what happens is that there's a bit of interaction and most of those seeds become there. Or they are stored in conditions, you know, that the temperature is so high and they therefore lose their ability. So awareness is important. Then the right infrastructure needed, which has to be adapted to look at terrain. It doesn't have to be a very big technology, but uh, there are technologies that can be adapted, you know, to look at terrain from other from other countries. Hmm. Amazing. Okay, I mean, uh, okay, so we spoke about this earlier before we started this conversation, but yeah, I just want to um, recap, right? Um, choice of business establishment is far not um, in Kaduna. Uh, can you describe the rationale for this, for this decision? Okay, so Kaduna remains the biggest producer of, uh, of maize in terms of the trade on that cultivation as one. Okay. And uh, that means we are where the market is. So basically we are driven by the market. So the market is there, we have to be there. Because when you are present in the middle, you are seated in the middle of the market, it helps you in terms of your response time for you to adapt, for you to do your planning. Also because the consumers are there, your mm -hmm. consumer recruitment retention can also be well driven. 
Okay, and uh, Kaduna really is not uh, it's a city as it is as, as it is today. So right. it's also really not a bad place. Most of the things you need, basic things you need, in are also present. But from the business point of view, that's what really comes. That's what really Okay, so does the location not affect like logistics of moving um, your products to different parts of Nigeria? Uh, Kaduna is central, you know, it's central. So Kaduna, Nasarawa, central is a bit central. So to the key popular locations, it is not. Great. So look at the key municipalities in Nigeria. We have uh, Kaduna, Nasarawa. We have uh, Taraba, we have Adamawa, Niger states. Okay, then if you come to the southwest, then we have uh, Korean states. Mm. Okay. okay. So basically, if you look at Kaduna now, first five places state I mentioned, Kaduna is, is really central to them. You can, you can easily assess Niger, and assess uh, Kano, you can assess Katina, and assess uh, Asarawa state. You can see it from, from Kaduna. Okay, but we also have the uh, Admin centers in other locations of the country whereby farmers can easily access the things. So we are present in Oyo State and we have uh, customers that we also service through those admin centers. So accessibility of our NPOs to the farmer is not a challenge. We are available, and uh, one of the things we also want to do is further drive our footprint upward, you know, so that uh, we are able to democratize this distribution for seeds, especially for a big seed, and people can assess it conveniently. Interesting. So in terms of competitive landscape at both domestic and global levels, how has it been so far to grab a slice of uh, the available markets presently? Okay, so, uh, you know, Nigeria is interesting in the sense that there is a clear hybrid seed that should be. Okay. But that to make it available does not mean you are going to win. Okay, so it's a growing market. Basically, so as firms unlocks the markets, they see more opportunities. So today, uh, locally, I can say that uh, rivalry, especially at the ivory level, is, uh, is not so high because it's a growing market. The markets, if properly unlocked, you know, I don't. Uh, it will take some time to really fill in the markets. So competition today is it's not so it's not so it's not so right. But we also believe that uh, with uh, the policy on high intellectual property protection, it will also give confidence to other global and e companies to invest in Nigeria, produced locally. So what I know basically today that most of these companies do not produce their seed locally. Most do not because uh, of several reasons, adaptation and other issues. Right. Okay, but I think with the IP policy commitment for maybe yes, that, that, that has solved. And from the global point of view, competition is, 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 is tight, but mm -hmm. people compete basically on the basis of uh, differentiation. So uh, uh, global competitors, they have unique offerings. So it's for the farmers to, to be able to pick that oh, this is the kind of offerings I want. And uh, beyond that, we've also seen some level of synergy. So today, Monsanto and, uh, and Bay are together today. So there's a crop protection bit and also there's the, the, the quality seed. Okay, and some of these seeds are also engineered to be, uh, to be used in tandem with their crop protection product. And I think that's where GMO comes to play. Right. 
at the global level. Yeah. Do you think that closing the borders, closing the Nigerian borders, helped to stay co- more competitive? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, okay. Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, the, the key thing first for Nigeria is about global competitiveness. You know, we must be able to, to produce competitively. Because when you open the border and you can't co- produce competitively, it becomes an issue. Yes. Okay, that means whatever is coming out from outside Nigeria can land at a cheaper cost than your own production cost. Yes. So, if, you know, it, it also helps because there will be transfer of technology and other things. Yes. But uh, for Sitco, Sitco Nigeria, yes. our focus is to, you know, to, be, to be globally relevant. And that means whatever we are producing here, we also try to benchmark it with a uh, global standard. Right. So that whether the border is open or not, you know, you are able to compete effectively. Yes. And you are even able to capture some market share. It's yes. important. So yeah. I think the market market dynamics are dictates that, but um, that global competitiveness is not an issue to be sure. It's something that needs to be to be well stressed at the seed production level, at the farmers productivity levels. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. So um, without wasting much of time, I'm just going to jump to my last question um, on the issue of grazing and headsmanship. In a way. You are affected by it because your business offers uh, produce that stands to be threatened by these wandering herbivores. What is your own take on this much discussed topic? Okay. <laughs> uh, it's still about best practice. Okay. It's still about best, best practice. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Right. There are. There are practices that are working elsewhere. It's just for us to bring it in and adapt to it locally here. Okay? Right. And uh, I think that that's what we need to do, uh, really, so that um, we also do not threaten the food security of this country. Why? Because I know several farmers abandoned their plots last year, two years ago. Even though demand pressure has made some of them to go back. Okay, yeah. go back to the farm, but security yeah. is also not guaranteed. Exactly. The lasting solution is about bringing a best practice to them, which, which can be ranching or whatever. It's just to look at what's, what is going on globally that we can adapt to our territory. I think if we do that, we start seeing some level of, uh, of progress in that issue. But you know, it's often, it's often said that Nigeria is a very special kind of um, um, place to, to do business, whatever works over there. Or whatever, anywhere in the world doesn't necessarily mean it's work in Nigeria. I I, I really don't, don't subscribe <laughs> to that ideology. Oh really? Nowhere, because success is by design. If a formula works somewhere, yeah, with the right mindset, with the right policy, it should work in another place. But things change a lot here in Nigeria, well, though. Yeah, that that's the truth. So one plus one in Nigeria is two. Okay, so one plus one in UK is two. So you know. If a formula has worked, so it's to look at those ingredients that make that make it work, the key success factors. So it's not just to copy it verbatim. I agree. Yeah. You copy it, you adapt it. But of more importance is the, is the mindset that is needed to make it work. Mm. People call that political view, but I believe it's our mindset. 
So if you know something has worked, I really want to make it work, then it can work. So really, from a personal point of view, from a business point of view, I don't, don't really subscribe to that ideology. Success is by design. Do the right thing, get the right result. Fascinating, fantastic. Success is by design. All right, thank you once more for your time, Mr. Kolade. Um, Dada, it's been an amazing experience listening and conversing with you all the way from Kaduna. Thank you very much, Thank sir. You. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so this has been Agri Radio, a podcast program that is passionate about enlightening, educating, imparting knowledge to agronomists and anyone who is involved in the agricultural value chain. It's an initiative of farm crowding here in Lagos, Nigeria, that is aimed at discussing topics around agriculture and factors within its ecosystem. Uh, simply look out for more content such as more content on Anchor, Spotify, and every other audio digital platforms. You can also check related content on our website www.agricradio.com. We are active across all our social media channels: Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. So simply follow us to never miss out on any content going forward. This has been Tough Talk on Agricradio, and we are signing out. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you so much. You, you, you are now to 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 bitch. Happy radio! Happy radio! Radio! Let's talk family.